Welcome to Hope Reclaimed. On this podcast, we talk about lasting healing from divorce, trauma, and loss through Jesus Christ, because healing and true redemption have already been extended by a good God. Sometimes he's inviting us to partner with him and receive that healing for ourselves. My name is Ellie Hope Collins, and I'm the host of this podcast, founder of HopeReclaimedMinistries.com, and a coach for individuals healing from divorce, trauma, and loss. In 2016, I discovered my ex-husband's long-term affair, and I was totally broken. Although I was desperate for a restored marriage, that's not what happened. But it wasn't until I chose to go back to every restaurant, listen to every song, and relive every memory that reminded me of my marriage and truly surrender everything to God that I really began to live a reclaimed life. And I'm now on a mission to help men and women just like you see true and lasting healing through Jesus. Whether you're experiencing the painful effects of divorce, grieving the death of a spouse, or beginning to accept the loss of a dream, you're in the right place. Complete healing and restoration is possible. Welcome to Hope Reclaimed. Today on the podcast, we have Marisa Lupo. She is a certified life coach who has mastered strategies that empower women in her private practice to cultivate an authentic life overflowing with love, meaning, and passion. In her coaching, she guides women through untying the knots of divorce and teaches them how to emerge into their highest self. This conversation with Marisa is raw and it's good, and I just love what she is doing. She is empowering people to step into their identity, and I think you're really going to enjoy this episode and be sure to follow her on all the social media things. That information will be in the show notes as well as she'll mention them throughout the episode as well. Enjoy this episode with Marisa. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here having this conversation with you. I I'm I am too. I, I really am too. And I, I love that you said just recently, or you said before we started recording that you're just so excited for the, for the cold weather because you live in California. California, Yeah. (laughs) I, I, we didn't have a fall and I hope we have a winter, but I don't know. It's still sort of warm here. If it wasn't a pandemic, if we weren't in the middle of a global pandemic, I would say come to Minnesota and experience it for yourself because it's freezing and I'm living in wool sweaters. And right now I'm wearing two pairs of socks and sitting with a blanket around me. So (laughs) I'm not going to complain because it is definitely comfortable here. So I I try not to complain, but it's nice to have that change sometimes. I I totally get that. Yeah, it totally is. Um, But I'm just so excited that you're here and I don't even know exactly how I connected with you first on Instagram, but that's how, but that's how it happened. You have an awesome Instagram following. And I was like, this woman's doing it. And I, it just, it makes me so excited back when I wasn't a healthy person, I would play the comparison game, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and I would get into my head of like, oh, they're doing these things. And oh my gosh. And man, I'm so glad that I'm not living there because we're all on the same mission of bringing of bringing hope to people that are experiencing divorce. And unfortunately that's something that we've both experienced, but how cool that we're sitting here and we're able to bring hope to other people. It's wild, right? It is wild. I could so relate to that being in that comparison mode, you know, before I did a lot of work to heal through my divorce, I was definitely living in that place and we probably wouldn't have been having this conversation. So I'm, I'm grateful that both of us are not living in that place anymore. That right? there's no lack, right? Exactly. Exactly. There is abundance, but I really want to dive in and have, have you share your story of the pain that you experienced of your divorce and 
how you got to where you are now. Yeah. So, you know, just a little bit of background. Um, my divorce was in uh, 2012. So it's been eight years now, almost nine years now. And um, it, it, it was, I experienced a very, I mean, I think all divorce is difficult, yeah. but the reason why my, my situation, I, I feel like I always ex- describe it as a very entangled divorce because mm-hmm my ex and I both come from Italian families and we've both known each other before we started even dating. So our families knew each other from birth. So our families were, we started dating at 16 and 17 and we just sort of became a mesh, right? We, we celebrated everything together. Our, all of our families, we, we all sort of knew each other. And, um, you know, in the Italian culture, we sort of live by this belief of like, how, what do people think about us? You know, how do they see us? Image is like everything in the Italian culture. Hmm. And so both of us sort of have these same values. Yeah. And, you know, when I wanted, got to this place where I wanted out of the marriage, it, it got really ugly. Like, um, because I wanted out of the marriage, I sort of took a lot of the backlash of, you know, of asking for the divorce and because it was Mm -hmm. not acceptable in our culture. And, you know, the first thoughts were, okay, what are, what are people going to say about us? And what are they going to think about my daughter? And, um, you know, before that point, I sort of was living like this checklist life of, you know, who does Marisa need to be and, and who's the, who's acceptable and being sort of the good girl and, you know, making sure yeah. that I lived up to the expectations, right. You could relate to that of, of my family. And yeah. so because of that, I, that's how I chose a partner based on what is acceptable mm. and are my, is my family going to like him and, you know, all this sort of stuff and not right. really like sort of disconnected to, what it was that I want and who I was Uh, because when you're living outside of yourself when you're living a checklist life you're not living your life right you're living life for somebody else right and so yeah I mean sorry to interrupt but but even to um you may not even know who you are you may not even have an idea of that and I I'm I don't know what it's like to grow up in the Italian culture but in my in in my faith in my, in my Christian walk, it was like very much that (laughs) that's at least how I was perceiving it, that it's about, it's about doing all these good things and like, you know, checking the boxes and everything like that. And, um, and how, how it kind of appears out there. And that's, that's so false. It's all just such an illusion. Right. It's sort of like living outside your life. Yeah. and allowing other people to pull the strings and never really yeah. going within yourself and asking, what do I want? Like right. you're sort of a, a spectator. I sort of became a spectator in a life that I let everybody else dictate hmm. for me. And that sort of spilled into my marriage. Yeah. Um, you know, and it wasn't until I got to this, it, it was about my mid thirties when I got to this place that was so uncomfortable because I didn't recognize who I was anymore. Hmm. I didn't even know what I liked who I was, why I was here, what my purpose was because I was living life for everybody else. And it, I just sort of had like this identity crisis, uh, you know, in my mid thirties where I was like, I, I don't even know who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like, what's the point? I just felt like, well, you know, and I had two children at the time and I don't want to negate the fact that my children 
are a blessing to me. You know, like some people might think, well, how can you say that? You know, you have two children, like, is it like, that's your purpose is to be a mom. But it's, it, it, this disconnection didn't come from anything outside of me. It was sort of deep rooted within because I wasn't living my truth. I wasn't living the truth of who I was. I was living this sort of facade um, because I was living what everybody else needed me, me to be. And so there, I was also creating fake connections and fake relationships Hmm. because I wasn't standing in a place of who Marisa is that truth. Yeah. And it was because of who I needed to be. I was sort of drawing in these relationships based on that. So I was having counterfeit connections with other people. Mm. I was living a career in real estate for 15 years that I didn't love. Um, So it sort of spilled into every area of my life. Um, the kind of mom that I was, right. the partner that I was, um, the career that I had, the friendships that I had was all, it, it sort of felt, you know, very distant um, until I got to this place of feeling so um, uncomfortable that I just started questioning some of these beliefs. And, and that sort of set the wheels in motion. Like I realized at that point that my marriage was built on quicksand and that it wasn't didn't have a solid foundation there was no connection um and because of that i drew a partner who was also living in a place of lack so we both sort of needed each other to mm. make us feel a certain way to make us feel whole and and so the relationship became very needy and very reliant and very codependent right um and so yeah i, I sort of describe it as living inside this cage And, and it was, you know, not until I got to that uncomfortable place where my spirit was like, okay, Marisa, like you can't do this anymore. Like I I hear your internal struggles. I hear your cries and I hear your call to experience freedom, to experience not freedom from not wanting to be in a relationship, but freedom to be more of who I was. Right. Yeah. Um, And, and if, and if you want to experience that, you're, you're, I, I wasn't going to be able to do it in the container of this relationship. And so right. that's yeah. yeah, it's so, it's just so interesting when we live our life by the definition and by the description of what people say of us or what our circumstances say of us. So you're, you're a wife, you're a mom, you're a realtor, you are a homeowner, you know, all these, all these things, you're a dog mom, whatever, whatever it is. And then when those things are taken away or when you finally realize that they're not what you thought they were it's it can be so devastating to your to your identity if that's where your identity is placed it's like we need to have our identity so firmly placed in who we are <laughs> regardless right. of our circumstances regardless of what people say about us um cuz if Absolutely. you know if if you lose your job or you know, God forbid you lose your kids or something. You're not, your, your identity isn't shaken from being a mom. And it's the same thing Oh yeah. when you place yeah. your identity in being a spouse. Absolutely. I can, uh, yeah, definitely. I can so relate to that because we, we want so much to attach to these labels, right? Yeah. Like you said, I I'm a mom, you know, I'm a wife. And then the minute, you know, I, asked for a divorce and I sort of set the wheels in motion and now here I am with two children and now I'm not able to have my children a hundred percent of the time and that that because I was so attached to that label 
Yeah. Because I didn't know who I was, that triggered me. So when my children weren't with me and I didn't have, like, because I needed them, I needed them to make me feel whole and to make me feel safe. And I needed them to show me who I was. Hmm. And so, you know, my, my eldest son, who's now 19, he's sort of my biggest teacher because, um, at, he was 14 years old and he wanted to leave the house, um, because he wanted to live with his dad full time. You know, there were so many reasons that, that sort of surrounded that decision, but, um, what I learned from that, because it did trigger me because I went into the story of I'm a horrible mom. What child wants to leave the home? Like, you know, how, who am I? Like, what are people, again, what are people going to think about me? What are they going to say? What kind of mother? Right. So all of those limiting beliefs, because I was so attached to that label. And then when he left it, it literally, it took me down for a long time. Oh my gosh. Like it was, it was more devastating than divorce itself. Like really? Wow. Yeah. I mean, and, and having the label of being a mom or like owning that label is not a bad thing. <laughs> like it's, right. that's a beautiful thing because if you actually are detached to being a parent, that's, I mean, there's something also under there that can be, you know, that probably needs to be repaired and healed as well. If you're yeah. feeling so detached by that, but what you're saying is it really goes to where you place your value. And, right. So and, it was sort of like the minute I felt rejected by my son. Right. Oh, I felt and so rejected. that was probably triggering to and the other rejection. And it wasn't about my son. It was no, about me. It never he, is. <laughs> right. Well, and at first, of course, you go into the story yeah. of all the limiting beliefs that you carry. What I realized what he showed me was that I was, there was still unhealed wounds. Wow. That still were not healed. I mean, these were childhood wounds. They were not wounds because of him they were not wounds because of my divorce yeah it was childhood trauma that got dragged into the relationship got that got dragged into my parenting and so when I felt rejected by him I felt unworthy right if I'm not like here I am like still mourning my relationship and now my son is rejecting me as well and so he triggered those wounds of me not loving myself unconditionally and so what my son taught me is that just because he wanted to go there because whatever it was, right. He decided that that was the best choice for him. And I had to honor that, but that doesn't mean, but, but I can still love myself unconditionally in the process. Just because my son isn't under my roof a hundred percent of the time does not mean that I'm not his mother does not mean that I shouldn't be loving him unconditionally, even though, even when someone rejects you, right? When you're in your darkest time in your darkest place in that darkest hour to still love somebody unconditionally, which is how God loves us, right? Yeah. That was a true testament to me of like, wow, like this is how we're, this is love. That is true love. Right. To love somebody even when they reject you, even yes. when they don't want to be with you, even when they want to divorce you. Oh my right? gosh. To still have that unconditional love yeah. because unconditional love doesn't have conditions. Yeah, I'm not going to only love you when you do A, B, and C, only when you make me feel worthy as a mother. Yeah. Then I'll love you. Because what I was doing instead was punishing him. Hmm. I was punishing him because, oh, you don't want to be here with me? Fine. Let's go at it. Let's go. I'm yeah. going to show you what you're missing. I'm going to show, I'm going to make you feel my pain. I was in this place where I wanted everybody to feel my pain, you know, Yeah. I, I wanted his dad to feel my pain. I wanted my family and friends and him to feel my pain. 
And I, I wanted to punish because I was in this place of such deep lack that I wanted to drag everybody down with me. Right. And, what, and, and what I told my son and, you know, and obviously we've done lots of healing uh, since then. And we've come to a place where I was like, wow, like you really, really hurt me. And, and, but you made me go into those deep, dark shadow sides of myself yeah. that Ooh. still weren't healed. And that, that was the biggest lesson that I could have ever learned in this lifetime, really up until this point is because he taught me not only how to love him unconditionally, mm-hmm. but to love myself first unconditionally. Ooh, that's so, I mean, that's so powerful. And I, you, you said so much there. <laughs> it was so good, but you, you, you said that that was even more going through this with your son was even more painful than your divorce itself. Yeah. And that's really interesting that you say that I've heard many people say something similar about a disappointment that came after divorce mm-hmm. of, of maybe it was a bad breakup. Maybe it was, or, or, um, the loss of a job, but that just brings up this other level mm-hmm. of, of, what needs to be healed and what needs to be restored. It's like, oh, we think that we're doing pretty good. Then we get a setback and we think we're even further back than we actually are, which isn't true. Right. I think just get, you know, because you think, oh, I went through a divorce. Okay. That was so painful. There's not going to be anything more painful than this. And so you don't do the work to still heal the wounds there. Right. We don't want to look at it. We want to blame other people for why we feel this way. If I could blame my ex for making me feel this way, it's your fault. I feel this way. It's your fault. My son wants to leave the home. This is your doing. Hmm. And although, and I want to speak to all the women. Sure. Maybe there are people that are intentionally in your life trying to hurt you, right? They, they, we've all, or you feel painful experiences. I want to negate the fact that, that we all have pain that, that we've had to endure, but what my son was showing me was my work. You know, I had to own that because if I sat in that, I could have been sitting in that victim place of, well, you know, you, you helped my son move out of the home. You didn't support me as a mom. You, you sort of rallied with him to, um, you know, leave the home, whatever the story was that I was creating, saying out loud, right. Instead of saying, you know what, what is my part in this and how can I take ownership in this and what can I learn and heal from this? Because it's not, we, we, we're so stuck in keeping score, right? We want to, we want to keep score. You did this to me. I'm going to punish you. You took my son away. So therefore I'm going to do something to you. Yeah. And you keep that energy going, right? It's sort of, you keep attracting more of these situations. And it's so easy in divorce. Oh, particularly yeah. when there's kids oh yeah, or when you're dividing assets or something. I mean, it's so easy to play that game. Oh, you took the table. Well, I'm going to take that. You know I mean? <laughs> you could just go back and forth right. and well, yeah. kids keep you attached. So it, when you don't have children and not to say that it's not hard, of course it's hard, but when you have to, like I could divorce my spouse, right. But I couldn't stop being my son's mother. Exactly. No matter what he did, I'm still, and will forever be his mom, no matter where he is no matter what day or time or any of that. So for me, it was a lesson that I couldn't run away from, right? I could say divorce my spouse and just say, I'm done with this relationship. It's not serving me. Let me move on. But when it comes to these situations where you have to, I couldn't run from it, right? Right, exactly. Then on, there was no 
running away. So I, I had to sit with that and I yeah. had to feel it. And was it painful? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's painful. I don't yeah. know anything more painful than feeling like you're losing your child, you know, and, oh my and gosh. but I want to, you know, speak to anybody who's having this experience that you're not, you're, you're not losing anything because what you're gaining is unconditional love, learning how to love that person mm -hmm. unconditionally, even in spite of them triggering you, right? Yeah. That's your lesson. If you can love him, it doesn't matter where he was. He taught me a very valuable lesson that nobody, nobody right. was able to teach me, but him. Wow. That's, I mean, that's really powerful. And it sounds also like you were learning how to love your ex-husband too. And I, I just, I'm a firm believer that love, love doesn't just disappear after divorce. It's, it, you know, it's meaningful. It's, it's important, but it shifts and it changes after divorce or after a breakup or whatever. And we just have to learn how to love differently. And love often means strict boundaries and, you know, just holding those things too. So I would love to hear, um, how this lesson with your son um, how that transferred to being able to love your ex-husband in a very different way than you did, obviously, when you're married. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not going to lie that that's a hard place. That's a yeah. hard place to be in when you feel like things have been done to you or there's a lot of pain or hurt. And, you know, you're not going to just jump through without feeling that. You're, you're, you know, there's no escaping that you we're human and we have to feel those emotions because we can't avoid it. Right. So yeah, that's exactly, part of, that's part of the experience and you know, how I got to, I, I sort of had to get to this place of forgiveness because what I realized is that we're all carrying our own wounds, right? We're all these wounded children that don't feel good enough. Right. If we sort of, if we attracted each other and I chose this person as my partner and we sort of attracted each other based on where we were energetically. We both had wounds underneath the surface, right? So I had to sort of connect to him at a different level of, okay, you know what? He, not all of us are carrying wounds and that doesn't make him any different, right? He sort of has those, that, the wounds too. And, and so you've, you've, you get to a place of having compassion yeah. that we're, we're not our behavior, right? So whatever has been done to you, we're, we're not that. That's not who we are. The deepest level of yeah. all of us is we're a spirit, we're a soul, right? And so I had to sort of connect to that. And to be honest, my brother, my middle brother is the one who sort of taught me that. Um, mm -hmm. I, I wasn't supported at all in my divorce. Like my family didn't support me. They just couldn't understand why they saw this marriage on the outside. It looked so per picture perfect. Like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? you want out because I never spoke any word of it, right? I contained this unfulfillment. I contained that. And because you don't, in my culture, you don't speak bad. You don't talk mm. bad about your husband, your relationship, your baggage, right? That you keep that behind closed doors. So it's I never- be for shame right there. Right. So I sat- or it can be. Place, <laughs> right. I sat in this place by myself containing this and I just- didn't speak anything and so of course my family thought what the heck are you talking about you're like, crazy you right you're nuts yeah. 19 years you've been with this person you have this life together like you 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 something has to be going on like you lost your mind right 
And so my bro- one of my brothers, he just couldn't understand it. He sort of took it personal, like as if I were to divorce him. And um, there was a lot of damaging things that were said about me and they sort of landed on my children's ears. And, you know, I sort of had to walk through fire to get out of this relationship um, to, to I, I, you know, like I said, the, the support did not come from my family. So, you know, my brother, he's again, <laughs> everything is a lesson. It was, what do I need to get out of this? And he, my brother did say a lot of damaging things. And it, it was out of, it was so damaging that in my world, my brother was dead to me. That's how bad it was. Like you were dead. You, he was sort of a part of the catalyst of why my son wanted out of the home. And, in, and it was just in my eyes, it was unforgivable. And I was sort of holding on to this pain story, right? And, you know, I was here mourning my marriage ending. I was mourning the fact that my family couldn't support me. I was mourning the, the things that were being said about me. And, and I sort of was carrying this grief. And I'm like, you know what? I need to talk to somebody about this. And so I was, I, I start, uh, was seeing a counselor. And this was about two years after I asked for a divorce. Yeah. Um, and the counselor sort of walked me through this meditation. And in this meditation, um, I had an experience. I was brought back to a memory of my family when I was about six years old. And, uh, and, I've, and I've told my brother this story. He knows all about it. Um, and in this meditation, it was, it was my two brothers, my parents and I. And we were in Italy on vacation and we were uh, visiting relatives, but um, we were all walking together and my, my older brother and, and my dad were walking behind me and they sort of had this bond, like he was the oldest son and, you know, they, they were very bonded, right? And then me and my mom were walking in front of them and we were holding hands and I'm the baby girl, the only girl, right? So the four of us work in communion, right? And then my older brother, the middle brother who I had this experience with, who I was estranged from, I was not talking to him. He was sort of on the outskirts near us, jumping up and down and trying to get everybody's attention. And nobody stopped to turn at him. It was as if he were a ghost. And I sort of had this experience as if I was in my brother's body, experiencing what he was feeling. And in every time I talk about this, it sort of makes me emotional because what I was feeling is this little boy that had not, ha- had never been seen or heard mm-hmm. in our family. And I realized that his experience was not the same as my experience. Yeah. And I sort of, I, I imagined his feelings being my son's feelings. And I just started bawling um, during this meditation. I wow. sort of was crying because I was like, wow, like, you know, what I realized, it's not about me. Like it, 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 the minute I disconnected from my ego, right. That pain story, that pride, you did this to me, you hurt me, right. My ego, I got into my, my spirit into his spirit. And I realized he's just a wounded child and only wounded children hurt other wounded children. Hmm. Only people that are in pain would hurt any, somebody else. Yeah. And so that sort of taught me about forgiveness. Yeah. There's yeah. this other level of forgiveness that you experience when you can have compassion over somebody and, and say, hurt people, hurt people. So there's, there must be something under their surface here. I mean, that's, that's a powerful thing to learn it was, and yeah. a painful one to do, especially after this, after this, um, 
experience with your family. I mean, this sounds like it was almost slanderous and, and yeah. really, really, really hard. And I mean, I, yeah. yeah. And you're talking about it now, but like, like you're removed from it because you've been healed. Right. And, but that's not to negate the pain that you walked through in it. So, oh, yeah. so yeah. there's, I mean, there's, pe- there's people that are walking this story and, and holding the pain, you know, living in the pain story, like you're, like you're saying, and that's okay to be there for a little bit right. when you're living it, but then to release it, like you're saying, I mean, this, that's a powerful thing. Yeah. So hard, but so important because that frees you to actually yeah, heal. That's what I want to say is because that's an important message that you just said. What, what, cause I always have women saying, but, but you know, my ex did this to me and he hurt me and he was abusive. And so I'm never going to forgive that. And what I realized is, you know, I wasn't ready to let it go either in that point. I was yep. still processing, right? I, I still have boundaries. Yeah. But I, so I, I actually reached out to my brother and told him of my experience. This is what happened. I'm so sorry if I played any part in, in this family of not seeing you or, or not being there mm-hmm. for you. And, and I take ownership of that. So no matter what you did, I'm going to take ownership of my part. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to allow you in my life to hurt me. Right. So, right. So that woman who's sitting in that story, that doesn't excuse, uh, it doesn't mean you need to let this person back into your life. But what I experienced after I had that conversation with my brother is sort of the poison of the unforgiveness release out of my body. Right. That was done for me. That, yes. that release and that forgiveness was done for me. It wasn't done for my brother. It wasn't done for my family. It wasn't done for anyone. What I did was release myself from prison and, and, and freed myself. Does exactly. that mean that I allow this person to come in and do bad behavior? Absolutely not. No. You still have to protect yourself from being, if you're not loved unconditionally and you're in a place where somebody is harming you, yeah, you said- you put those boundaries up. You don't, Absolutely. that doesn't mean you, you in prison, you hold yourself hostage, right? Yeah, that's so, I mean, that's so, so true. Cause like I said, love means boundaries a lot mm-hmm. of times. I, I don't remember who it was, but somebody said, um, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Right. right. And that right. is just, isn't um, that true, but it feels so much like we're doing it for them. Right, <laughs> like right. if I'm and holding we're like, this, no, we're not letting you off the hook that easy. Yes. Yeah. And something that I love as well, um, that really ties into so much of what you speak about on social media. And then I, I know that you, you have your coaching program and all that stuff, but just this idea about being, um, spirit, like spiritually and emotionally married while mm. you're divorced. Right, <laughs> and right. And I would love for you to talk about that a little bit, because I think that ties into what we're talking about here, like with your brother and with your son, and obviously you weren't married to those people, right, but right. how does that translate to those individuals who are still saying, oh, my ex-husband did this or, oh, I'm, he, he, I get that. Like, yeah, it's true. There's so much, there's so many things that happen around divorce and painful things that are said and, and abuse that's still continues after a marriage is legally ended. Um, Mm. but tell me about this idea about being emotionally married when you're actually legally divorced. 
yeah, I call it energetically married, right? You're, you're, you could be divorced. And like you said, it doesn't have to just be your, your, with your ex. It could be um, with anybody that needs that, that has control over you. Right. Yeah. So, so you could be divorced, but still energetically married. And what I mean by this is because I think a lot of us women or people we're delusional because we think, oh, we're going to just sign divorce papers and that's going to just make this nightmare go away. Right. I'm going to be free. I'm going to get my freedom back. And you realize at some point that if you don't heal the trauma and heal what got you to that unconscious place, if you don't do the work to take ownership, you can still be in this energetic marriage. So don't, yes. don't let papers fool you. Right. And so again, I don't know what it is, but apparently I need to embody every experience <laughs> myself before I can speak of it. So, oh, Sam, <laughs> right? Sam. I have, I'm, I come from the school of hard knocks. Yeah. Where I have to learn the hard way. And that's okay. That's okay. I'm and grateful. And so listen to us and don't like, don't make the mistakes we made. <laughs> don't make the mistakes. I, I'm, I, I made the mistake for you. Yeah. So let me give you the information. So how I made I it too. I t I'm here. I'm here. I'm taking <laughs> ownership. Like, right. We're both. I made it too. Yeah. So how I learned this was, you know, my, my divorce was not amicable at all. We ended up in the court systems back and forth multiple times. So it was exhausting, right? I, it was a lot of work to sort of release myself and, you know, all part of the experience. I had to be the ones to let go. So it was again about, it was all surrounding uh, the time that I had this experience with my brother. It was two years after uh, a my divorce again, there was a lot of stuff still lingering that was mm -hmm. still uh, underneath the surface. So what happened is we ended up back in court after a few years after the divorce was finalized and uh, for my son. And I was sitting here where I am right now at my desk in my office and I had an email that was sent to me from my ex and it was not a good email. And so as I was reading this email, I started seeing what this email was doing to my body, right? Yep. I started having this reaction. This, this volcano started erupting inside of me where all these emotions, it just, I lost it. Like I yep. lost my mind. I sort of went into this rage and it was that simple from reading an email. And I sat there and I, and I sort of stepped back and I was just like, whoa, Marisa, like you're still married to this person. Hmm. You, this person still has ownership of you. You're yeah. divorced. You're living in two separate homes. You're in two separate cities. And this person still has the power to drop you to your knees by an email. I mean, how, like, when are you going to learn? When are you yeah. going to learn to stop giving your power away? And so it was that, it was then that I realized, okay, I, I need to get a grip on this. I need to get my power back. I need to detach from this marriage, energetically detach, and I need to take my power back. And that was sort of a pro that was sort of like an awakening that I needed. But you know, how do you do that, right? It, there's a sort of a whole process that you can't. It's one thing just knowing it, and it's yep. another thing. Okay, what do I do? How right, because you I can't detach? you can't stuff it when no. those feelings come up. Because they, they will, if you're still, as you say, energetically married, or, I mean, this is like the same as being spiritually married, that just because you're signing papers doesn't mean that there is the total severing of your hearts entwined because a marriage is a miracle. You right. are exchanging vows in front of God, in front of other people to one another. 
and you know, and your lives completely change. It doesn't matter if you've been living together for 20 years. When, when there is a marriage, there is a miracle. And I'm, I'm just, I firmly, firmly believe that. And so it's not as simple as signing papers to, to bring a divorce about. I just, I love that you're saying that. And to say, wow, this is, I'm, I, something needs to shift here, but it's not about stuffing it. When those feelings come up, we can't just say, okay, I just, I'm not going to feel that. And I'm just going to avoid that forever. Avoid it. Yeah. No, but it's about your your body's going to tell you everything you need to know, right? Get out of your head. Isn't our body amazing? Your body. Yeah. Your body's going to get tightness of chest, right? Breathing heavy anxiety. Everything is going to explode. And that's a sign of, wow, what am I doing? Forget what the email or the text or the phone call, forget what that said, right? Step back and be like, the reason you feel reactive like that is because you have given your power away to somebody else, right? And nobody can, nobody does that. You allow that to happen. You handed that over on a gold plate. Like, and like you said, attachment, you bonded with this person, your soul's bonded. You're supposed to ways, right? Yeah. You're supposed to. (laughs) Right. And so that papers aren't going to, the courts aren't going to sever that for you. (laughs) Your, your attorney is not going to sever that for you. And your therapist or counselor is not going to do that for you. Right. You have to do that work. Right. Right. You have to be very intentional. Yeah. Very intentional. Number one, be intentional about gaining control of, of your body and your emotions and start processing the emotions. Why do I feel this way? What limiting belief is underneath the surface that I'm allowing this person to, to make me react? Why do I feel reactive? Why do I yeah. feel proud? So start asking some deep rooted questions and those answers aren't going to come on anything on the outside of you. Yeah. They're always within yourself. So go within yourself hmm. and have these deep rooted conversations that are going to reconnect you back to your spirit, right? You already have the answers inside. <laughs> you got to just sit long enough to listen, yeah. right? To what that is and be honest about it. Yeah. I'm a big fan of journaling mm, yeah. um, in, in getting these things out because um, sitting with them in just inside of us, we can actually get into a, an, a more of an anxious spiral, mm-hmm. um, with some of those things of why, why is my body reacting this way? And why am I feeling this way? Um, but for me, I love, I love a list. I love to see yeah. things on paper. Mm-hmm. So the power of journaling, what you're saying, <laughs> it's just like yeah. taking the ownership, beginning to notice those triggers, beginning to notice, a pattern in our life and in our, in, in our thoughts, and then in the emotions that come after those thoughts, who it's powerful. I love journaling. I love journal. I journaling is free therapy. So, um, yeah, you know, Well, I mean, it's like, Everyone you know, it's like eight ninety nine for the journal, but <laughs> you can even go to the 99 cents yeah. and get the whole book, right? We've There's no excuse. You. Get a journal. I have so many journals that are around Same. all of them. They're everywhere in my house. And that, yeah, I never yeah. used to journal until I w- was going through a separation. Then I was just like, you know what? I need to gain some awareness around this and get some clarity. And, you know, journaling is it could be an art form, you know, the minute Mm -hmm. you start writing down stuff, like your ego is going to want to say things. And, uh, you know, he did this to me and blah, 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 blah. And that's okay. Like, let that all out. But eventually at some point, you're going to connect to your, the real voice, your true voice within, 
And that's where magic and power comes from. That's where the power is. It, it, when you get out of the ego long enough, you, you, you start journaling, you connect to the spirit and that's where you're going to find your truth. Yeah. It's really cool to look back at my old journals Mm -hmm. to say, oh man, I was in a totally different space. Right. And thank God I'm not there anymore. And then I can see my journals now. And I mean, yeah, they're, they're totally full of emotion at times yeah. and anger even. I mean, that's completely okay. Right. The natural response to injustice is anger. Like anger right. is fine, really? but it's yeah. what we're choosing to do with it. And right. man, I would just, I would get so caught up in that, in, in the emotions just running, yeah. <laughs> running me and yeah. Well, so many people are taught that anger is not an emotion we're supposed to have, right? Uh, when we're little, our parents would be like, no, stop feeling like you don't feel that. Yeah. That's it's an not uncomfortable okay. so, emotion right, it's for not other people. You're making me uncomfortable. I don't know how to deal with this. So just be quiet. And so then we're, we bottle the anger, right? Yep. And it comes out <laughs> at the most opportune times. Uh. <laughs> we have to like, yeah, we have to definitely feel that it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's part yes. of being human, right? And it's part of the healing process too. I yeah. really, really believe that. But what you're saying is that in getting those things out there in an external source, or even just in your mind, even if you're just talking to yourself, that's totally fine. Yeah. We love journaling, but, yeah. um, but just getting, getting it out of your head in a way is a powerful way of beginning to untie those knots, which is yeah. another thing that you talk about. I mean, this is that, that kind of encompasses so much of what we're saying. Would you speak yeah. about that? Just a, just a tad. And that was yeah. also, I mean, you, you even said too, kind of at the beginning that your marriage was so entangled with other people and with your family and with his family and all, and your culture and all that stuff. That's, that probably yeah, goes around this. Right, right. I was very entangled in that sort of, you know, I, I describe it as just because I was living this life for everybody else and these mm-hmm. expectations and these sort of limiting beliefs that I carried into my relationship and not ever asking if that was serving my life or if those were even true. Like these are all sort of the knots that we create. I, I didn't have boundaries. Like my, my boundaries in my family were non-existent. <laughs> Um, you know, like there, what do you mean boundaries? Like we're family. (laughs) Yeah. Like, no, we go into everything. Oh, you're getting a divorce. I need to throw myself in that too. Like, no, like you, so I had to, and and I get that it feels uncomfortable because part of our, we're the good girls. So we tell ourselves we don't want to hurt other people. Right. We don't want to say no. We don't want to put boundaries out there because we're being mean or hurtful, but you you have to realize it's at the cost of hurting yourself. Mm -hmm. And do you want that? So, so untying the knots for me is untying the limiting beliefs that you've carried, right? Looking at the generational trauma that Mm -hmm. you brought into, to your relationship, looking at that baggage, because a lot of the stuff that we bring is not ours and we never stop to question that. So, you know, looking at uh, the fear, looking at these judgments and criticisms, not having these boundaries. So like you have to be able to release yourself from all of that, right? Yeah. Release yourself from the victim story, release yourself from the, the need to defy, defend, prove yourself worthy, prove yourself worthy as a mom, as a woman, <laughs> right? As a wife, like any of that, as a daughter and really step into the truth of who you are. So, you know, I call it butterfly magic. So the magic happens for the butterfly when it goes inside that cocoon, right? And it's painful and it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. 
and we don't want to look at some of this stuff. And, you know, we just, we don't, we don't want to sit in the quiet, right? Right now we're in a pandemic. We don't want to sit in this stillness. We're, we're yeah. not okay with that. We don't know how to do that. And, you know, when you release that, when you do the work, that's when the butterfly is able to emerge, mm -hmm. right? And transcend and, 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 and evolve out of that, yeah. right? So, but the butterfly doesn't anticipate that the beauty that it, it is. So it has to go, it has to go through that transformation. Yeah. So that is part of the process. The pain is part of the process. You have yeah. to be willing to look at some of that stuff. And if you don't, what is that going to look like? You're going to continue to attract the same experiences. Mm -hmm. You're going to attract the same partner because you still have the same limiting beliefs, the same fears, the same, you know, cage that you put yourself in. And if you don't take yourself out of that, yeah, you're going to just recreate it over and over again. And that's what happens, right? Because we expect somebody else to come in and fix it. We right. Somebody else to make us happy. Yeah. To do the work for us. When in reality, nobody can do that for you. Yeah. Your kids can't do it for you. Your partner can't do it. Your parents can't do it. Your friends, you have to take ownership and do the work. It's so, so true. I, I, and I love what you're saying about, um, you're just going to attract that next, you're going to attract the same thing. You're going to attract that pain. Um, I talk a lot about rebound relationships in, on this podcast and in, in my community and that kind of thing, because it can be such a detrimental, um, experience that is so incredibly common. It's this, it's, you know, rebound is the, is like, you know, the buzz term for it, but right. really what it is, is it does not matter how long it has been since your marriage or relationship broke, broke down, but it's, it's trying to meet that need that you have, um, trying to get that validation from someone else when your heart is still in pain mm -hmm. and so far too many people walk through that. I would say around, um, 75% of people that I talk to that have experienced divorce have walked through a rebound relationship. And those are yeah. just people that have told me. So right. I can't well, even imagine rate for a second marriages, right? That's yes, why exactly. Right. Exactly. Cause it's, um, what is it? 60, like 60%, 60, 60, 65%. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then third marriage is at 72%. Wow. Yeah. And, I mean, so it's just, it's absurd. Um, but it makes sense yeah. because, because we don't want to go into that that cocoon and do that work. And we really don't want to do the hard work of busting out of it because that's, that's painful and it's hard. And we just want somebody to help us become a butterfly, but we got, we, I mean, it's, it's hard, hard, hard work, but it's hard work. Yeah. But we're not here to be comfortable. Right. And, exactly. And we're not here to just sit in stillness or be stagnant. We're forever growing, evolving, moving, yeah. you know, I always say still waters to bring malaria. So like, do you want to just sit oh, in dang. stillness and die or do you want to grow? Because if you want to be happy, you have to do the work to yeah. grow and evolve. You can't expect somebody else to come in and, and do, do it. it for you. It's never going to happen. You know, it's not going to happen. It's delusional. So do the work and get uncomfortable. It, this is your life. Like you get to be the co-creator of your life and yeah. design the life you want, but you have to be an active participant, totally. right? You can't just sit around waiting. And, and there is a moment where you do need to be sitting. Like if you've just discovered an affair or if you are in the process of, 
of facing a divorce that you didn't want or something like that. I mean, sit in the pain. There is, there is free reign to be there for a hot minute. (laughs) It's okay to grieve and it's okay to sit there, but there comes a moment, which is what we're talking about when we, we can't sit there too long. Um, part of the healing process is being knocked to our butt. <laughs> We're catching our breath, you know, yeah. cause we, you've had the wind knocked out of you. So it is important to be sitting there, but what you're saying is we're not staying there forever right. and you're not staying there for years. And you're, you're certainly go- going to go further than you ever would if you were in that unhealthy place. And isn't right. that the cool thing about this life that we can take these obstacles, we can take these painful experiences and they can become our launch point to actually be the person that God wants us to be, to be the person that we're actually meant to be. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love that. And I love see that. that in your life, Marisa, because you've, you've taken this obstacle, not just obstacle, but this painful, painful experience and the painful experiences around the painful experience. And you've used it to firmly be established in who you are and who, who you're meant to be. And that's just, that's beautiful. Um, Mm -hmm. I, so I just, I just want to thank you so much for sharing this story, sharing your, um, you know, your strong conviction. I love, I just love hearing people with like real strong convictions, which is totally you. (laughs) you. I appreciate that. That means a lot to me. Thank you. Of course. Um, so if people are, if, I I really want people to follow you on Instagram, follow what you're doing. Um, so would you just, would you just share a little bit about that and where people can, um, follow up with you if they'd like more information? Yeah. So Instagram, um, is Marisa Lupo coaching. And I also have a face, a private Facebook community for divorce moms, and it's called untying the knots of divorce. Um, or they can just go to my website, which is Marisa Lupo coaching.com. So, uh, really simple. And they, they, can get in for there. I have blog posts on there, a lot Mm -hmm. of articles, um, a lot of freebies. There's, you know, other, uh, resources, free resources on there, get on the mailing list. Um, so yeah, lots of ways to connect with me. Perfect. Perfect. Because your, your resources and your message are really, really important, especially for these moments of continuing to have those triggers, especially around, um, our kids and having, um, having maybe a, continual conversation and connection with an ex-spouse. And so I, I just think what you're doing is really, really important. So thank you so much. And thank oh, you thank for being you so here. Much. Thank you. I appreciate you. I'm so happy to have connected with you.